Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. Last week we talked about how the children of Israel, it's been a year to where we're at right now. We finished off the book of Exodus, chapter 40. It's the beginning of the second year. It's the first month of the second year. So it's the beginning of the second year for the children of Israel. I really enjoyed last week talking about how we being the tabernacle, we have to carry certain things with us. And God gives us that parallel in his word. The tabernacle was transported. It had the Ark of the Covenant. It had the word of God. It had a place to worship God. It had a place for the sacrifice of praise for God and for prayer that went up to him. All those things are contained inside the tabernacle. And so we, being the tabernacle of God, carrying his presence, are that same way. That's within us. And so we need to learn to exercise. We need to practice exercising those things in our lives. Because if we will practice exercising those things in our lives, our lives will go much better. They'll be more balanced. It's easy to get out of practice. A couple of years ago, I went on uh, the... Uh, no carb or low carb diet. You know, I had gotten up to 220 pounds. My knees were just telling me, you got to do something about this. And so I did that. I got down to what my, actually I was a few pounds from my target weight, 195. I got down to 195. I was shooting for 190, but I got down to 195 and it took months, almost a year to get to that point. Well, then I decided I had enough of that. I wanted to eat me some carbs. I wanted to eat me some donuts. I wanted to eat me some carbs. And you know what? It did not take very long at all. And that started coming back. And look where it came back. Before it was distributed all over. But now my abs have grown. (laughs) But that's just the way it is, right? Sometimes it takes a long time to get in the practice of doing something. But it doesn't take long to get out of the practice of it. But it's so important. So we're at chapter 9 in the book of Numbers. Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the children of Israel keep the Passover at its appointed time. On the fourteenth day of this month at twilight, you shall keep, keep it at its appointed time. According to all its rites and ceremonies, you shall keep it. So Moses told the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover, and they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the first month at twilight in the wilderness of Sinai, according all that God commanded Moses. So the children of Israel did. For the people who don't know what the Passover was, going back to when the children of Israel were in Egypt still, you remember when they were getting ready to be released, Pharaoh had said, I'm not going to let you go, and he said some other things, and so he brought a curse upon himself. His firstborn son would die, but it went over all of Egypt's firstborn sons were going to die on this night, and that included all the Israelites that were living there, that were slaves there. God had said through Moses, and he told the children of Israel, or anybody, it wasn't just for the children of Israel, it was for anybody. As a sign of putting their trust in him, they were to sacrifice a lamb, spotless lamb, and take that blood and paint the doorpost of their home with the blood from that lamb, the sacrificed lamb. 
And then there were a bunch of other parts to it, eating unleavened bread. They ate the lamb and they had to consume it all before morning. And there were other parts of it. The part I want to talk about now is, so it's been a year since that happened. It's been a year since that time. What that did was when they painted the doorpost with the blood, the angel of death was released into Egypt. And anyone who had the blood painted on their doorpost, the angel of death passed their house, the Passover. He passed over their house. But anyone who didn't have the blood painted on their doorpost, their firstborn son died. Pharaoh's son died. He was one of them. So there was a great cry throughout the land and ended up that Pharaoh let the children go. Before they set back off on the journey, they've received the covenant and it's time for them to leave the mountain of God. God tells Moses, listen, they need to observe the Passover. And so when you think about what the Passover is, this is important. The Passover represents two things. One is salvation from death. In Jesus, our sacrificial lamb, we are saved from death. We are given eternal life. But the second thing that it represents was deliverance from Egypt. Deliverance from their slavery. They're set free. And so God wants them to remember this. And he's saying, listen, I saved you from death and I set you free. And so when we look at our lives now and what our focus is, So many times we get caught up in the transactional gospel. We get so focused off, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. I've been delivered from death. I have eternal life. I'm going to heaven when I die. But we forget the part where we are delivered from Egypt. And we don't walk in that. And it's so simple, but we have to stay aware of that. God gave them this to remember. Why should they remember? So they would walk in it. You would think we would know that, but you can know it in your head and not have it in your heart. And so you still live as a slave in Egypt. We saw in this journey that every time the children of Israel stopped, they complained about stuff and talked about how great it was back in Egypt. And they looked at their lives. We had it so good back there. They were slaves and they were crying. Remember what God told Moses? I have heard the cries of my people. They wanted to be freed. And so God gave that to them. Later on in chapter 5, Now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle and the tent of testimony. From evening until morning, it was above the tabernacle, like the appearance of fire during the day. So it always was the cloud covered it by day. For like three weeks in a row, when the cloud was resting on the tabernacle, the children of Israel stayed there, right? When the cloud moved, what did the children of Israel do? They moved. When the fire moved at night, they moved. They followed God. You look at it and you think, why is it that God doesn't think we're paying attention? Why does he say it 15 times? Why does God have to say this over and over and over again? Follow me. When the cloud stops, you stop. When the cloud moves, you move. When the fire stops, you stop. When the fire moves, you move. I don't know why he has to keep saying it over and over again, huh? And I know I'm being sarcastic because I see it in my own life. 
I mean, I say this so many times and throughout the day, it's like, God, why do you have to tell me stuff so many times for me to get it? But he's not going to make us. He's not going to like shove that in your brain and make you follow him. In uh, chapter 10, they talk about the silver trumpets they make and it's how to signal everybody. You know, there's almost a million people. There were 650,000 Israelite men, not counting the children. And then we're going to read here in just a minute that there was also a mixed group that came with them. At the end of chapter 10, So it was, whenever the ark set out, that Moses said, Rise up, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered, and let those who hate you flee before you. When we're following God, O Lord, let your enemies flee before you, and those who hate you be scattered as I go on my way. Because that's what he promised. As they were going through the wilderness, even when he said that he wasn't going with them, a couple weeks ago we talked about that, when he said he wasn't going with them, but he would drive out the inhabitants of the land before them. He's already fighting your battles before you get there. Sometimes, though, he's fighting the battles like five miles down the road in front of you. Your enemies are being driven out. But we decide we want to go to the left because it looks much better over there and there looks like there's palm trees over there. So maybe we can go swimming later on. But he hasn't driven out the enemies over there. They're hiding in the palm trees ready to get us. And then it says, and when it rested, he said, return, O Lord, to thy many thousands of Israel. Now, the people complained, and it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it. And his anger was aroused, the fire of the Lord burned among them, and consumed some on the outskirts of the camp. And then the people cried out to Moses. And when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place Tiberah. Because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. In verse 4, it says, Now the mixed multitude who were amongst them. Back in, I think it's Exodus 12, it talks about when the children of Israel left Egypt, there were a lot of people that left with them. Some biblical scholars would say that a lot of that was the children that were born to the mixes of Egyptian men and Israeli women that all of them were driven out too. And so they weren't completely children of Israel by birth, but they were with them. Everything that applied to the children of Israel applied to them. They were with them. And so it says the mixed multitude. Now, the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. Now, the mixed multitude who were amongst them yielded to intense craving. But then it says, So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? Remember I talked back in the beginning that all of us have this hunger within us, hole within us that hungers for God. It's his righteousness and for having that within us. I think, I believe they've worded it this way, And other translations take this like and twist it all around. This is the New King James Version. Now the mixed multitude who were amongst them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? Whatever that intense craving was, you would think, well, yeah, the children of Israel said, 
they wanted to have meat. Who would give us meat to eat? I think what they're saying as far as the crying again, yes, it refers to them complaining and them doing it again. But I think the way they put this is, because they didn't have any meat here, it wasn't like the mixed multitude gave in to intense cravings and ate meat, because they're saying there was, they don't have any meat. But he doesn't say what intense cravings they gave in to. But this is what I want to propose to you right now when we look at this. How often do we face these situations of having intense cravings? Basically, that's having these things going on in our lives that cause us to want to numb the pain of having unmet needs or to meet our own needs. How often do we have this going on inside of us and we yield to those cravings because we're thinking in our minds. We look back and we see what that did before. That's what relapse is. It's looking back and seeing and thinking in our minds. What worked before will work again. What I did before will work again. But that's the insanity of it. It's because it didn't really work. It just kept us from knowing what was going on. It just kept us from realizing. And so it took us back to, to slavery. Let me read on. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna for our eyes. Remember, God was giving them provision. He was feeding them. They had nutrition. They had what they needed from God. They had the bread of life. And yet, they gave in to intense craving and desired to go back and eat what they ate in Egypt. I mean, that's what it's saying, right? And that's what we do. God is taking care of us today. He's providing for us. But it's just not as flavorful as we want it to be. Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.